Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Janine. And this is something different. I'm Kate. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst pop culture of the 2000s. So how does it feel, Kate, to be in the hot spot? Bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just nervous because I'm like, oh man, I made her watch Black (laughs) Xmas. What is she going to do to me? It was difficult for me to find movies that I don't think you would have watched. So I had to cheat a little bit and ask you which movies you've seen. And I've settled on two romantic movies. One, a romantic comedy slash fantasy. And one, a romantic drama. Now, one of these movies is actually like an enjoyable movie, but not very good. And the other one is neither good nor enjoyable. So I'm not going to... Are you going to tell me which one is which? Well, I'm sure you can probably figure it out by the brief plot. It's just like roulette. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Though both have a very good cast selection. So it's like good cast, bad movie. Like the movie... um... Uh, Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like most movies, to be honest. True. Okay. okay, so let's go ahead and dive in. Our first movie is Sweet November from 2001, starring Keanu Reeves and Charlize Good. Theron. Okay, I'm here for it. <laughs> it's actually based on a classic film made in 1968. Is that what like constitutes a classic now? Yeah, I guess it is. The 60s? Okay. Yeah. It was actually a pretty good movie, but then the 2000s happened. So the basic sta- like starting plot of this movie is that Keanu Reeves, who plays a man named Nelson, which is in itself unbelievable, is going to the DMV to retake his driver's test for some reason. And he meets there a woman named Sarah, played by Charlize Theron, He has not prepared for his DMV test because he's a busy businessman, you know, so he tries to cheat off of Sarah. Wait, so this is a written test at the DMV? Yeah, and they both get caught cheating and, and, well, I think maybe she just gets caught cheating and her test gets ripped up and so he tries to make it up to her and she says that if he continually spends time with her for a month, like for the whole month, on the she promises that she will change his life for the better so it's kind of like that's the setup there i'm kind of wondering how much should i reveal in the plot but essentially it's revealed later on that the reason that she wants to spend a whole month with him is her thing like her quirk is that every month of the year she finds a new man to basically fall in love with her because she wants new experiences, because uh, she doesn't have a lot of time left. I was like, I thought you were going to tell me that she's dying, and I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's basically just a movie about that, about how this works, and uh, yeah. What was the test for? Was it a driving test or something? Yeah, it's a driving test. I think they must be having to get it renewed or something. If she's dying, I wouldn't have, te- I just would have driven on a suspended license or something. <laughs> Life is too short to be at the DMV if you know you're going to die in four months or whatever. 
Also, your Shirley's there on, so you can, like, get away with doing whatever you want. You have that face. Yeah, surely you could just ask people for rides. Or you could just drive your car and do whatever you want, because, like, who cares? Yeah. You have an expired license, when you get pulled over, you go, oh my god, I didn't realize, I'm so sorry. I'm Shirley's there on. Just look at me. Look at my face. And the cop goes, oh my god, you are. I love the movie Monster. I guess this was before the movie Monster, though. <laughs> I'm from the future. I love the movie Monster. Speaking of the future... <laughs> So, Kate and Leopold also came out in 2001. It is a romantic comedy fantasy that tells the story of a uh, a duke who is played by Hugh Jackman and who travels through time from, I think, like, the late 1800s to the present, which is early 2000s. Uh, other people who star in this film are Meg Ryan, who plays the main Kate and leave Schreiber down for it. I remember this movie very fondly, and it's got a great potential for this podcast episode just because I know I watched it several times because um, I was lacking for good entertainment, and this is actually pretty fun to watch. And I'm pretty sure that this had its own like dedicated Sting song that you could watch. And like, you remember when DVDs had extras? Just DVDs still exist? Do they still have extras? I don't know. So those are your two options. Obviously, I think I, you can tell which one I favor of the two, but... <laughs> this feels like that time when you talked about how much you wanted to see the movie Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and then you picked the other one. Because <laughs> I'm, like, having a hard time. Because I'm like, yeah, Kate and Leopold sounds like a genuinely en enjoyable movie, but Sweet November seems stupid as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sweet November, like, was nominated for multiple Razzies. And when I first Googled Sweet November to just make sure it was the same movie I was thinking of... One of the first things that came up was a scathing article about how Sweet November is the worst romantic film of all time, because basically saying it's uh, not very romantic, it's not enjoyable, and the acting isn't very good. So it's definitely like up my alley. This podcast, technically, I mean, I don't know if you remember this or not, it's our introduction in each episode, we get to talk about the best and the worst, but the best. So I think here we have a perfect a uh, little capsule. You can pick the best of an enjoyable, bad romantic comedy or romantic. Yeah, I guess it was romantic comedy. Or you can choose the worst romantic <laughs> movie of the 2000s. It's it's there for you. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you're on this end because I'm just thinking, do I want to make us both suffer or do I want to actually watch a movie that's good for once? <laughs> All I do, all the movies I've seen lately are movies I've watched because of this podcast and also Lady Bird, which was very good. But like all the other movies lately have been like this. I find both leads of Kate and Leopold very charming. So I'm just going to go with that and just like let us not suffer for once. For once. I think it's a very good decision considering also I think Meg Ryan is just a great example of a 2000s actress. Oh, I really see her as like late 90s and also 80s and not so much 2000s, but like same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just feel like there's a lot. Well, I guess, yeah, she's, it's more 90s, but the late 90s, late any decade kind of bleeds into the next one. Yeah, that's true. Well, we will actually watch a good movie for once or, you know, rather um, an acceptable movie, a better movie for once. A movie that people look at and say, yeah, I liked that movie. <laughs> I'd consider watching that again. <laughs> Not 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> elevator movie. That's the only thing I really remember from this movie other than the time travel is there's something to do with elevators. Are you excited? 
I'm about as excited as I was when I had when I made you watch that horror movie. So yeah, <laughs> that was fun, and this seems fun. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for indulging me on my birthday week. I was like, it is your birthday week, so don't get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not until the next time I can needle you into letting me do this. Maybe April Fools. You'll be like, it's it's a it's backwards day, and I'll be like cool <laughs> or look <laughs> don't care how you say don't care backwards no. i'm sure i will indulge you in this again just not soon so we will definitely be enjoying a fun movie called kate and leopold and when we get back we'll discuss whether it holds up so we are back we both watched kate and leopold Thankfully, it was on Hulu, so we didn't have to try and scramble to find a way to watch it. And I want to know, what did you think, Kate? It's, I don't know, I, I like I liked it, because I like this kind of movie, but I just had like kind of an overwhelming feeling of dread about an hour and 20 minutes into it when I checked the time and I saw there were still 45 minutes left. I know exactly what you mean. Like, overall, the movie is, is enjoyable, but there's it, it does drag on. It's a draggy kind of movie, even though like I enjoyed it. I just kept waiting for, like, it to speed up. Sometimes I wish you could, like, put um, movies on Hulu, like, you can podcast and watch them at, like, one and a half speed. <laughs> I would really yeah. enjoy that. Everyone's kind of squeaky, but it's okay. I would really love to see Hugh Jackman at one and a half speed. He's still handsome. He'd still be very handsome. He'd just be faster. <laughs> and isn't that what you want out of a handsome man? Fast and handsome? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I meant you wanted to be a little bit faster, but I guess you really don't. Hey, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> that's inappropriate, Janine. Okay. Gross. Um, I'm not here for that. Um, <laughs> I'm here to watch someone get ice picked through the skull with an icicle. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen in this movie, thankfully. Something that did not happen in this movie, so I guess uh, minus one star. <laughs> Man, I, I, I think that would be a pretty short list of movies where that happens. This movie's kind of hard to like do a plot rundown of. I mean, it is a time travel movie, so isn't it okay if we mess up where things are? I guess. I just feel like I want to do a. I want to do a good job. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to? Do you want me just to run down through it? Why don't we try me doing it? Okay. The film opens in the late 1800s when our titular Leopold is attending the unveiling of the Brooklyn Bridge, and he's there enjoying the speech by Roebling, and. In the crowd, he overhears someone snickering behind him every time the guy says uh, that this is his best erection in the world. He's talking about the erection of the of the building. And I laughed, so I was very happy to see that Leif Schreiber, who plays the character Stuart, was laughing in the audience in between taking photos from a digital camera from 2001. Like a really tiny, like a really, really tiny camera. It's like so small. Yeah, which is like, what camera in 2001 was that small? It's the size of a flash drive. Yeah, it's super small. Anyway, he takes these pictures and really like conspicuously... And so, of course, Hugh Jackman notices him. And Hugh Jackman looks hot as hell in his 1800s wear. So handsome. He starts pursuing Stuart, who notices that Hugh Jackman has noticed him. So Stuart runs for a carriage, which I think he just straight up steals. This is at the party. No, he does it. He has the same the carriage there, too. He steals the carriage more than once. Yeah, he still. I think it's the same carriage. What a dick. 
Yeah, he he commits um, grand theft carriage and uh, <laughs> starts and books it out of there. And Hugh Jackman very politely makes his way through the crowd, charming the ladies even back then. And so he loses track of Stewart because he can't keep up with a dude in a in a buggy. And so it switches to a scene later that night where he's at his uncle's house because he is to be wed to whoever his uncle wants him to marry. Because as you find out later, like they're dirt poor and he just wants him to marry a rich uh, American woman so that they can integrate into American society because he's actually from Albany. While he's at this party, feeling very sorry for himself. And what I really like about Leopold is a sense of humor because he's like kind of making these insults to the mirror about the women that he's bound to meet downstairs who none of them interest him. Even though one's played by Kristen Schaal, who does an amazing job and she's super cute. She has this like wide-eyed look on her face the entire time. And I'm like, same, it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah, she's so adorable. But he's not impressed by her because he says he's never felt love before. and He doesn't want to get married. So, um, But he goes downstairs and he sees that Stuart for some reason, decides, even though he was almost caught earlier in that day, to go to this party. And so he pursues Stuart, who leaves on that buggy again, and uh, they go to the Brooklyn Bridge. And Leopold follows Stuart up the bridge and watches with bewilderment as Stuart uh, begins to cross the bridge to jump off of it. And so Leopold, being a gentleman, tries to save him. Uh, He doesn't know that Stuart wants to jump off that bridge so he can travel through time. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Stuart has mace on him and sprays it into the eyes of Leopold. As you do. um, Rude. Super rude. Yeah, he's trying to save you. I mean, usually you spray mace at people who are trying to hurt you, not save you, but... Okay. Well, he keeps telling him, let me go. It'll be okay. And, like, Leopold is like, um, no, it won't, dummy. And he's like, fucking fine. And then he, like, maces him and drags him into the future. Yeah, because, of course, like, the rope on the bridge has to break or whatever. So they both get transported back to the future. And the movie jumps to um, Meg Ryan, who plays Kate, uh, in her apartment. And she is, like, you know, cuddled up on the couch enjoying a, I don't know, whatever you do in 2001, read a book. Ugh. And uh, she hears noises coming from upstairs because that's actually where Stuart lives. And she and Stuart used to date. Anyway, she heads upstairs barefoot, as Kate pointed out, on the fire escape, which is gross. Gross. Gross and really unsafe because, like, there's got to be, like, some, like, rusted metal on that fucking fire escape. Yeah, for sure. And also, it's, like, really creepy that you would just go up and spy on your ex Uh, She sees him laying Leopold onto the couch, and she thinks that he's already with another woman. And so she, like, busts in and says, I want my Palm Pilot! Which is a very 2000s thing to say. I don't even think we have Palm Pilots anymore, do we? Um, I'm, like, looking it up on Wikipedia, and it says that um, they were released in 97, and um, it doesn't say, like, when they stopped being produced, but considering how short this Wikipedia article is, I don't think they exist anymore. Or, like, weren't Blackberries, like, kind of the same? And I haven't seen a Blackberry for at least five years. You know what's crazy? A Palm Pilot ran on, like, AAA batteries. What? Yeah. It's weird to think of a chargerless world. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, seriously, I've got other things to take care of. And he's waiting for a phone call, apparently, because he gets mad that she keeps calling him, even though that they never gets a phone call. So I don't even know why that matters. I think he was just lying to her. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, because who would call someone at 2 a.m.? 
man, Leif Schreiber could totally convince me of his terrible excuses because I just bought that. Yeah, man. Um. Janine. <laughs> You gotta learn. I'm I'm very gullible. Apparently. He's very annoyed by her and she's super like angry at him. Even they they only broke up a month ago and she's mad because she thinks he's moving on. And he explains that it's actually a man and says very excitedly says, like, I found it. I found the things I've been searching for all these years, like time travel. Of course she doesn't believe him because I mean, think about it realistically. Would you believe your ex boyfriend telling you that he discovered time travel? No. Probably not. So, um, and then he, like, lies and says the dude is from, like, a Mac convention or whatever. Anyway. He's a hacker. That's what he says. Which is also a very 2000s thing to say. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm getting a little too much detail into this into this plot summary, but I really like this movie. I like all the weird little stuff in it. So, basically, um, the next day, uh, he's trying to explain to Leopold what's going on, where he is right now. Because Leopold wakes up by turning on the TV and then turning on the stereo. So, he's totally, like, sensory overload. Just like anybody waking up from like a college bender is what this guy looks like. Like, oh, TV? Oh, sound? Oh. And then compound it. There's a dog in here. Yeah, you can compound it with this large dog barking. And, and Stuart's like, it's okay, I'll explain when I get back. He goes to walk his dog. But because Leopold, uh, who was not just a duke, but also the inventor of the elevator. Cool fact. Um, <laughs> because he's now in the future, elevators don't work for some reason. Because I guess he hasn't invented them. Which literally makes no sense. But They still exist, though. Like, yeah. an elevator wouldn't, wouldn't be in a building if... Ugh, it's so annoying. Yeah. I mean, like, the elevator is still there. It's just that now they don't work as well. Like, the door is open... The door is open, but the the car doesn't go up and down, so safety. Yeah. Yeah, but Stuart's not paying attention, so he just straight up walks on the elevator shaft, and um, it looks like he might be saved from the, the leash of his dog, but his dog is smart enough to get out of there, and so he falls. Like, Well, the leash just comes off. The, the leash is not like properly like fastened around yeah. the dog's neck, so it just like comes up over his ears and off his head, and the dog is like, sitting there like watching this... His, his collar just, like, yeah. fall. Yeah, because, I mean, like, why risk your life for this dude who's too dumb to look into an elevator before he steps on? So he falls, and nobody knows what's going on, and Kate gets mad that Stuart's not answering her, so she goes down there, and um, she meets Leopold, and Leopold, of course, is very charming, but Kate has no time for that. So handsome. He is, he is such a handsome man. I have time for it, though. Yeah, this Kate has time for him, but... The only thing I texted Janine while I was watching this movie was just so handsome, like, every 10 minutes, because he would just do something handsome every 10 minutes. Yeah. I'd say, did he just steal a horse and buggy? And then I'd go, so handsome. Yeah. And I mean, like, honestly, all the people in this movie are very handsome. I was, like, floored that Meg Ryan was 40 in this role, because she does not look 40. Not that there's anything wrong with looking 40, it's just she looks very gorgeous. She looks great, but her hair is very severe. It's very 2000s, like, choppy hair, you know? Yeah, it's, like, way too many layers. Yeah. It just looks, it looks, like, kind of angry. Yeah. And, of course, Leopold is, like, immediately charmed by Kate and even says something like, uh, Stuart warned me about you. He said you were dangerous, but a woman in pants is not dangerous, merely a bore. And Kate, like, Kate has to deal with a lot of dudes telling her how to be a woman. It's really annoying. But... He makes up for it because he says, uh, he asks what kind of career she's going into. He says research. He goes, ah, research, perfect for the feminine mind, which, like, woke. 
thanks. Leopold is woke. <laughs> like he well, he's really woke for a dude who like exists in the late 1800s, but like not up to 2018 standards. But it's fine. He's really handsome. Yeah, for like 2001. Definitely. And you understand he's from the past. You understand he's from the past, and you're like, "Yeah, this is fine." <laughs> Kate gets irritated because she sees that the dog is in the hallway and decides to teach Leopold how to walk the dog. Yeah, so that's kind of like the beginning of their thing, and a lot of other stuff happens. Viola Davis shows up. She's a cop because he lets the dog take a shit, and he doesn't pick it up, and she's like, you gotta throw that away, and he's like, no thank you, that's gross, and she's like, well, fuck you, I'm gonna write you a ticket, because it's against the law, but it's like, whoa, it's Viola Davis. (laughs) Good for her. She's the only person of color in this movie. Yeah, well, except for the little kid that shows up later. Yeah, they're very token- Speaking of marginalization in this movie, uh, Kate works at an ad agency and her boss, JJ, who's played by um, Bradley Whitford. Whitford. Bradley Whitford plays uh, Kate's boss and he does a great job of being an asshole because he's just, he's nailed that role. I mean, it sucks to be typecast, but when you're really freaking good at it, like, why not? Uh, Anyway... He's kind of just, like, generally pretty sleazy and, like, hitting on her and being, like, overconfident. And he, he does this, like, one thing in this part of the movie where he invites her into his office because she's, like, kind of overdue for promotion. So she's trying to please him and, you know, like, you know, do the get really nail the ads or whatever to make her more appealing for a promotion to, like, vice whatever and he says something i actually wrote it down because this exchange irritated me so much he goes you're a rarity among women kate i'm sorry you don't cling to illusion you don't get caught up in emotion you don't do pretty i don't you skew male you're like a man a man who understands women their desires their needs you understand them but you're not really one of them i wanted to grab JJ by his shoulders and just shake him because he's such an asshole. <laughs> like, Which is, like, so weird that he says all this to her. Because, like, later in the movie, he's, like, trying to fuck her. And it's like, are you... What? Yeah. You don't get to say that to someone you want to fuck. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's just... I mean, this is not really related to the plot, but it just irritated me so much because, like, he's basically like, oh, since you're not, you know, superficial and obsessed with your beauty, then um, you're not actually a woman, which, like, ugh. Which this movie, very much, as you'll see as the plot progresses, very much focuses on um, this idea that women would be happier in the late 1800s, even though, like, they don't have the right to vote and they can barely participate in society just because men aren't as much assholes, which they were still assholes. Like, I mean, I'm sure they were because you don't just not give women the right to vote and (laughs) not be an asshole, but it's just because they're, they have rules that govern the way they interact with them because they think women are so delicate and weak and that somehow makes it better for women. It, it doesn't. The movie's stupid, but it's also enjoyable if you don't think about it too hard. Which is, like, impossible, because I think about everything too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you're, like, drunk, you could watch, like, a, like wine drunk. Like, you have a nice glass of wine and then just watch Hugh Jackman be handsome. So handsome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's all that corporate garbage that um, happens between Kate and her boss and all that stuff. And really, no wonder she falls in love with Leopold so quickly when all the dudes in her life are bad. Yeah. She's this very cute assistant at work. Yeah. Her, do you want to talk about Darcy? It's like, a very, it's like a very cute and young Natasha Leone. 
And I was just like, oh, look at her. She's not on drugs in this. And I just felt very proud of her. <laughs> well, her drug is romance novels. Oh, yeah. Like, she gets, like, Kate gets to work at one point, and she's, like, reading a romance novel and crying. And I'm like, aren't you on the clock right now? <laughs> yeah. Don't you have something to do? <laughs> she, but it pays <laughs> off later. She's she's a cute little character, and Tasha Leone does a great job. And so then basically uh, Kate's brother, Charlie, shows up. He's an actor. He just came back from, like, some acting camp. But despite the fact that he's, like, in his 30s. Yeah. He's totally charmed by Leopold. And because he when he comes to Kate's apartment, he overhears Leopold um, basically re-act, um, reenacting pr- uh, Pirates of Penzance for a um, kid from the apartment complex. That apparently Stuart hangs out with sometimes. Which is not creepy at all. Well, what he says is, um, my mom gets home late on Wednesdays, so I come over and watch TV with Stuart, and I'm just like, cool? What does Stuart do for a living? And he just lets himself into the apartment, too, which I think is very funny. Like, you, like Hugh Jackman turns around, and boom, there's a child. It's like, where did you come from? So, Charlie shows up and sees him reenacting Pirates of Penzance, and absolutely charmed by him, because Leopold's charming, and also because Charlie's an actor, so he invites Leopold to dinner. Kate and Leopold and Charlie have dinner, which is kind of like their continued uh, romance budding. Um, and it's very cute because Leopold, like he gets served like tater tots for dinner and he cuts them up with a knife and fork like very properly. It's adorable. And Kate's just rolling her eyes the whole time. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, Kate is not impressed. Not a fan. He like, tell- she tells him to get out. Oh, at one point he like looks at the, the, like, steak patty thing that she made and like touches it with his fork and it makes kind of like a hollow sound like like a weird sound and he goes i would like the next course please (laughs) (laughs) oh and she is so like i mean because like if you this dude there's no reason you would believe this dude's actually from the past so if just some asshole came to your house ate your didn't like the food that you were serving him and said hey give me the next course i'd be pissed too i'd be telling him to get out of my apartment yeah, especially if, like, he hangs out with your dirtbag ex-boyfriend. For some reason, Kate, in the goodness of her heart, continues to check in on Leopold, and she goes upstairs and sees uh, Leopold, like, pulling burnt toast after burnt toast out of the, the toaster. It's like a whole fucking, like, loaf. Yeah. He says, like, the general of electric should have made uh, a better product, and Kate is just rolling her eyes, of course. Oh, no, she doesn't check on him because she's nice. She checks on him because his fire alarm keeps going off. Yeah, that's true, and that would irritate me, too. Leopold goes into some tirade about how good toast should taste and how good butter would, and that sparks an idea with Kate because she's currently working on a butter commercial or a butter substitute commercial. So she drags Leopold to her work meeting, to get him to recite uh, their little ad copy for their butter substitute. And, of course, he fucking nails it because he's Hugh Jackman and he's handsome. So handsome. Pretty much the so handsome is, like, it's a for a focus group. And all they could say was, like, oh, he's so handsome. He's so attractive. People wrote in, what a hunk. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this movie is very much just uh, the how handsome and attractive is Hugh Jackman show. So Kate is charmed by him and his and his willingness to help her out. They like decide to go hang out some more or something like that, but Kate's purse gets stolen. Hugh Jackman's not having any of that. He for some reason the guy who's doing one of those carriage rides around the park just lets him take his horse and pursue the guy on horseback. It's a white horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not only is it a horse, it's a white horse. And 
I haven't checked the research, but I'm pretty sure science says that getting on horseback makes you 150% more attractive. Like, at least. I just texted you when it came on, and I went, ooh, he's on a horse. So handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He looks amazing chasing this dude on the horse. And, like, his old-timey outfit, and it's just like, shit. And when he catches the guy, like, and he... He throws the purse and runs away. A bunch of people have been, like, spectating, and they just start clapping. Yeah. And same. You kind of feel like you should clap. It's literally an everybody claps story. Yeah. And everybody claps. Oh, my gosh. And then and then everybody claps. That happened. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So they end up going back to the apartment or whatever. Oh, because, you know, they live right next to each other. And Leopold's hanging out with Charlie and... Charlie is pissed because Kate did not uh, extend this audition to him. And so he starts like pretending to to watch TV as a Victorian man who's never seen it before. And you can just see the embarrassment on Leopold's face. <laughs> like, don't do this, man. Don't do it. But Leopold and Charlie become bros. They go out to a club while Kate is on a date with JJ. She doesn't know it's a date. She thinks it's a meeting. Yeah, she's like, it's a business dinner. And he's like... Talking about random bullshit, <laughs> like his his home in in France or England or whatever. You should visit, and she's like, "Um, oh, excuse me, am I getting a raise or not?" Yeah, for real. Uh, she's very singular minded, and all the men in her life are are horrible. Leopold at the club is freaking amazing. It's like the best decision this entire movie made. Uh, because Charlie is like bumbling around this woman he's he has a crush on. He says this compliment, something like. You look nice tonight, like a Judy Bloom book. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, aren't the Judy Bloom books, like, just mostly, like, a kid looking stressed? I was going to say, I don't know. Maybe he was talking about, like, kind of the era. Like, she looked like she was from the 60s or something. Maybe. Uh, it's very uh, strange. And, of course, Patrice is, is turned off by that. But all women immediately charmed by Leopold. Because, honestly, like, same. You know, I was like, oh, shit, he's making Breckenmeyer look really bad. Yeah. And he's like absolutely uh, delighting the women with like his tail. He plays off of whatever Charlie's talking about and talks about the Louvre and they're all impressed. And he's all mad because he's like, way to go. You're making me look bad because I don't know anything about culture. Yeah. But Leopold gives him the number of Patrice that he got uh, from her. And Charlie's kind of pissed. Like, well, I didn't get the number. And he goes, no, she only gave me the number because I told her that you You liked her. her. So now Charlie and Leopold confirmed best bros. Basically, Charlie like needles Leopold into going and pursuing Kate because he's like, you want to vex my sister. He just says something about like... Yeah, do you remember what what he says to JJ like when he interrupts their date? I think he just basically tears down like their idea of what class is. He's talking about the opera because JJ had invited um, Kate to go see La Boheme with him at the opera house or whatever. And Kate's like, no. And he says something about like, well, why would you want to go see the opera with like a dickhead or something like that? Not those words, obviously. And then he says something, he talks about, yeah, he talks about like, and JJ's like very pretentious. He's like, La Boheme, I love it so much. I've seen it about 20 times. That's how I learned French. And he says he's fluent in French. And then of course, Hugh Jackman starts speaking French and he even says, like, a line from, like, the very beginning of La Boheme. And, um, he, and Kate's like, oh, what did he say? And JJ can't translate it because, of course, he doesn't fucking know French. He's a fucking dickhead. And 
then he says something like, he says something like, do you think I'm, JJ says something, it's like, do you think I'm this or whatever? And he goes, no, I think you're a cad who somehow knows less French than I do. <laughs> it's like, fuck. <laughs> Leopold is like super enjoyable to watch because he's Very saucy. Yeah, he's saucy and like he delivers it with such class. But anyway, so and also he's so handsome. <laughs> he's so handsome. But Kate is not impressed. Movie Kate is not impressed by regular Kate's very impressed. Yes, because I mean that is still her boss. So even if her boss is hitting on her and making her feel uncomfortable, she doesn't want to. She wants that him. raise. She yeah. wants that skrill. But um, so Leopold immediately feels uh, horrible about what he did, and he leaves a note for Kate in the form of a letter because he's classy. And also he doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah, that's true. I guess he can't really just text her. Like, hey, sorry. (laughs) but Mm, Sorry, bye. He writes this long, beautiful letter and invites her for a dinner on the rooftop. Hires a violinist with somehow the money he has. And And, like, while Kate goes to work, she reads the letter. And Darcy, the cute little girl played by Natasha Lyonne, uh, writes the reply for her. It's like, you have to go. Because, I mean, like... She puts, like, a signature sticker on it. I thought it was very funny. And then she faxed it to her house because she's a fax machine at home. (laughs) And, like, he reads it and he's like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) So that was... And it is a very cute rooftop dinner. Like, something... I mean, Leopold's literally, like, the manifestation of any romance novel. Like, he's perfect. He's, he's just, like, he's Mr. Um, Darcy, basically, but, like, not a, not, a, like, a prideful shithead. Yeah. The true couple that should have come together is Darcy and Leopold. Now, she would have been... Mm-mm, no, Darcy should be with the, with the brother. I always thought that was going to happen. Now, that's... Uh, tell me your reasoning for this, because I, I did not expect that. Because they're cute. They're both cute. Because <laughs> they're, they're both cute. They're, they're, and he's learning. And he's cute. learning. He's learning how to be like romantic from the the actual romance guy. And she's just cute. And <laughs> we can't break up Kate and Leopold. That's the name of the movie. That's true. Um, but it's not called Darcy and Leopold. <laughs> it, I just realized least... her name is fucking Darcy. <laughs> oh, wow! I <laughs> holy crap. We fucked that up. Okay, that's yeah, funny. Um, well, uh, we just got played by this movie. Um, Fuck! Yeah, so <laughs> they have a very cute little dinner on the rooftop, and they kind of like, that's where they begin to fall in love with each other. And they romance each other, and they sleep together. They sleep sweet. together. It's very cute. He makes breakfast in the morning, and like my favorite part in the movie is um, Charlie showing uh, Leopold how to use the dishwasher, and he says, but wait, don't turn it on yet. You don't want her to. You don't want to turn it on until she's awake because you want her to see you do it, <laughs> <laughs> which is solid life advice. And then as soon as she wakes up and comes out into the into the the living area, he like makes like a kind of a grand showy gesture of him <laughs> pushing the the dishwasher button, which I think is very funny and yeah. also also very me. Like I do that when my parents are home. <laughs> I'd be like, look, I started the dishes. <laughs> I slaved over these for you. I put them you- in there. As, as annoying as Charlie can be and as frustrating, I bet he would be as a brother. Like, he looks out for Kate because he, like, kind of sits Leopold down. It's like, you need to tell me, like, who you really are. Like, who are you? Because he still thinks he's, like, a method yeah. actor from, like, today times <laughs> and not a dude from the 1870s. Yeah, and Leopold answers with something like, I am the man who loves your sister, which is very charming, very Leopold. It's very charming because he's very handsome, but if, like, imagine, like, some, like, gross skeevy dude said that. 
You don't need to know my credit score. I, I, I love your sister. Um, What's well, a credit think... score? My credit score is four twenty. No. Uh, hey. Yeah. Um. I would. I want to see a movie where Leopold smokes weed. Why didn't that happen in here? Because that was not. Because weed culture was not a thing in in two thousand one as much. You want to look at the actor who played Charlie. You want to look at just Charlie, and you want to tell me that weed culture was not there. I said not as big a thing. Okay, that's true. But, I mean, use that guy. What's that guy's name again? Breckenmeyer. Yeah, Breckenmeyer. Like he's like the manifestation of. Weed I mean, guy. he was the weed guy in um in a uh, in Clueless. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to believe that this movie was only like five years older than Clueless, and he looks so much older than he does in Clueless. Well, now it's Leopold's turn to accompany Kate throughout New York City, and he is very impressed to find that his uncle's house is still standing, and he takes Kate up to uh, this room where he... He just barges in. I guess it's a school now or something? Yeah, it's like a preschool or something. There's, like, kids' drawings all over the place. And he goes up to his old room and uh, shows her these like this, like, secret hiding place where there's old belongings and, like, some jewelry and stuff and it's very cute and that's like when you can tell she like really believes that he's from the past like she kind of believed him but still was skeptical but like when that happened she was like oh shit yeah because you can't just like that's not like a prank that would have been like a really detailed prank because like when he pulls away the hiding place it's like still covered in the paint and plaster from the wall yeah it's like it's like a drawer that's been painted closed that's where their relationship becomes more solid and you mentioned this movie dragging on because that moment where they leave that house like there's some like romantic music playing and my husband overheard the music playing and he he was in another room he goes wow so it had a good ending huh like "Mm, it's not done yet (laughs) it's still going on (laughs) it's like it sounds like credits music yeah kate and leopold are head over heels for each other and he gets that job as the butter spokesman yes he gets the job as the butter spokesman and he absolutely nails the delivery but they want him to take a bite of the scone with with the butter product on it Uh, i think it's called like farmer's bounty and it's gross as shit he just looks absolutely disgusted and um he basically storms off and then when kate follows him he's like how can you stand by a product that is so terrible like how can you lie to people like that and he's he's a very moral character and he's got like a you know sense of like what's right and wrong and but then Kate's like, look, dude, like, I need this job. I need to be able to provide for myself. Like, I can't just pick and choose what I want to do. Like, that's something you get to do because you've never had to worry about money. And um, so they kind of had that falling out. And then when they finally slink back to the apartment, Stuart, who managed to charm his way out of not only the hospital, but the psychiatric hospital. Because, because everyone thinks he's crazy because he keeps talking about time travel. Yeah. I feel like if you're a smart person who figured out time travel, you shouldn't just be talking about it. So he charms a nurse into getting let out early. With like a weird analogy about like how humans can't see time like dogs can't see rainbows because they're colorblind. Yeah. But by now we know that dogs aren't actually all the way colorblind, so it kind of fell flat. Yeah. It's like dogs can't see red very well, but they can still see color, sort of. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, I guess in 2001 you didn't know that yet, so. No. It still worked. It made sense. And plus, I don't think that this little uh, young nurse who's so easily swayed by a um, psych patient into believing that he's ready to leave would know that either. With like a busted up leg and arm. Yeah. And he shows up in the apartment and he basically tells Leopold he's got to get out of there because he's got to go invent elevators so people like Stuart stop falling down them. <laughs> so important. Yeah. So important. And uh, so 
Leopold leaves and uh, Stuart plays a sad song on the piano while Charlie like goes, hey, where's my bud? Where's Leopold? And he starts looking through the photos. He had developed uh, from the past. And he's like, oh, shit, he's real. Yeah. And but then when they're looking through the photos, they gasp because they find someone who's later revealed to be. Kate. Yeah. Kate (laughs) is in those old photos. It's a blurry photo, but it's definitely her in the background. So now they know that she's supposed to be in the past with him. Yeah. And I'm just thinking. No, 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 no. You should not go to the past. It's the past. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, um, there's a lot of, like, predetermination in this movie. We're like, oh, because you're in the photos, that means you definitely have to go back to the past and live there. Ugh, yuck. Forever. Yuck. You can't vote then, lady. You're an independent woman. So the whole thing is, like, Stuart and Charlie chase down Kate, who's about to accept this promotion she was going to get, when... She finally sees the photos. She abandons the promotional party and goes to go jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. And they nearly get caught by some cops. But she manages to jump off before the cop stops her. Which, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Charlie and Stuart are still going to be on the hook for letting some girl jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. You could just say, like, yeah. you could just say, we it, are trying to stop a- her or something. I don't know. All I know is that it's kind of... It's really fucked up, I think, for Charlie to, like, go along with this, because this basically means you're never going to see your sister again. Yeah. It's it's pretty... It, the whole thing's messed up. She has to do this now, because the time portal's going to close, or whatever. She goes to that party, and, and Leopold's about to announce the woman he's going to marry, who's Kristen Shaw. Because she's from the richest family, the tree family <laughs> of Schenectady. He sees Kate through the crowd and he, and he announces Kate as his wife and it's it's a very cute moment they start to dance and all that stuff but then you have to think like she's gonna regret this in two weeks she's gonna regret this in two weeks yeah it's like once like the adrenaline wears off of jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge to go be with someone you love like surely you're gonna realize that like you have no place in that society whatsoever you have no place in that society you have no place in in that time you know way too much about the future you're gonna be like oh fuck Oh, fuck. You know what? She's probably the reason we had World War One and World War Two. It's probably her fault. Was this before? I'm sure this movie was like happened like pre 9-11. I bet it was like the first few months of like 2001. Yeah. No, it was December. It was December? December. So that's some bad implications there. It was probably filmed before September. It was definitely filmed. You know, this movie probably took place in like December 2000. But it was released uh, Christmas Day 2001. According to the Wikipedia. Pre-9-11. So I'm like, but if you know about 9-11, you're not, like, writing it on every fucking brick in that city trying to, like, warn everybody? (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, what I'm just thinking is, like, surely, okay, the movie people, they didn't know. It's not their fault. But the people going to see the movie in the movie theater, that's going to be fresh on their mind. Super fresh. it just happened three months ago. And they were like, hey, uh... Why, why isn't this lady, uh, you know, doing any of that stuff? Why isn't she, she making sure this doesn't happen? Time travel exists. But yeah, like, I'm like, why does, why do they have to live in the past? Why don't they live in the future? The future sounds bomb to him. Yeah. He's like, he's like, a, he's like a rich butter commercial man now. Yeah. Like the only reason that he has to stay in the past is to invent the elevator. Like the elevator still exists, people. Like the, the shafts are still there. Surely someone can invent the elevator again. this movie is cute if you don't think about it and it's very enjoyable if you don't think about it but i overthink everything yeah it's kind of like our jobs (laughs) she's just gonna be so upset when she realizes that she could have been like living it up as like the senior vice president of her ad agency 
drinking a bunch and like being an independent Meg Ryan in the 2000s, but no, now she lives in the 1870s, her Palm Pilot does not work, and she's living in this like musty old house. Oh, one thing I do love about um, that dinner scene where he uh, like one-ups her boss is that he's talking about this um, like old old like manor that he bought and he's like it was built in the early 1800s and he's like that's impossible i was there it wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) and so of course he looks absolutely crazy in front of kate's boss he's just a bananas person like a really bananas person it's one of those things is like the happily ever after is insinuated but you're kind of like is it is it happily ever after because like i mean i know 2001 you didn't have like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, stuff like that. But, like, surely you'd miss a little bit of that, like, internet world. TV. You know, that technology world. Even Yeah, even just TV. Literally television. Yeah. Movies. And, like, like oh how do you even navigate conversations? Because, like, you might make a reference to something you know is old, but to them, that hasn't even happened yet. Like, you make a reference to some 60s movie. I want to say for sure she at least says, did I do that at least once to somebody? And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So what were your overall thoughts on the movie? I liked it. Um, I thought it was too long and I got really angry at the end when I was like, Meg Ryan, no, you do not go live in the 1870s, (laughs) no matter how handsome Hugh Jackman is. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, Charlie, that's really fucked up that you would just like send your sister to like the 1870s and never see her again. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, why'd you go back? Dummy. Lieb Shriver, why'd you let him go back? Dummy. And Natasha Leone, you did nothing wrong. Good job. Yeah, good job, Natasha Leone. She was like, he's handsome and writes great letters. Duh. And she was like, true. <laughs> yeah. But um, this movie, like, the idea is like, oh, I'd do anything. I'd, you know. And I think also, again, this movie very much pushes this idea that it's she'd be happier back then. Because, like, in the scene leading up to the end of the movie, when she's wandering around that party, um, she's overhearing people's conversations about, like, oh, well, this new thing is going to come out, so I'm going to sell the one that I have so I can buy the new version of it. And some girl goes, oh, yeah, uh, facial lifts are so last year. I'm all into micro lifts now. And she looks totally unimpressed by that. So I, I guess it's trying to insinuate... Like, this return to... Like, the future is dumb and everything about it is dumb. And I'm like, same, but I'm still living here because I don't want to be in a a society where I can't vote and and women aren't people. You can't vote, can't open a bank account, can't, like, pretty much do anything that makes life worth living today, so... (laughs) Also, like, now that I think about it, like, unless they can explain to to the cops that saw her jump that... Oh yeah, that was my sister and our Mike's girlfriend, and you saw her jump on her free will. Then like they're murder suspects, probably, <laughs> or at least the the ex boyfriend is. Cause it's like, yeah, her she dumped her ex boyfriend a month ago, and now all of a sudden she's missing. Yeah, and plus you'd be like, well, I mean, the cops would look into it, and they'd be like, well, there's no reason this woman would kill herself. She was just up for a promotion at her job. She literally just got the promotion. Yeah, so I mean, like. They're definitely screwed. And she talked about how happy she was. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some pretty bad implications either way. But then again, this movie is not meant for people who think. It just really isn't. It's not. That's why this movie is not as good as it could have been. Because if they had just like, you know, I don't often advocate for remakes. And I know that no one can replace Hugh Jackman except for, well, you could do an older Hugh Jackman. He's still very handsome. But, um... This movie would do well. I'm trying to think of who, if we made a new Kate and Leopold, who would be, like, a good Kate and Leopold now. Um, 
Who's who's like a good like career woman? Ooh. Like a harried career woman who didn't have who hasn't had hasn't had good luck with love. I was gonna say what about Kristen Stewart? But no. she's I think I she's know. too young for this too. Like even if she's like she's thirty, yeah. but like um my celebrity face blindness is making this recasting very hard. <laughs> I, the only thing I can think of is Anna Kendrick. Ooh, yeah. And that would make it nice, too, if they could make it, instead of, like, Kate being surrounded by people that are just pissing her off all the time, if she's just kind of, like... Because Anna Kendrick could make it more lighthearted, which I think would make the movie more enjoyable if Kate wasn't so stressed out all the time from shitty people. Yeah, Anna Kendrick as, the, as Kate, and then Leopold, I think... Oh, the guy who plays um, Ichabod Crane in Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would be very good. Like the in the in the TV show. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Because he's already he's already playing this part. Basically, he's <laughs> coming to the future. Just do that. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 pro my recasting of this movie. Yeah, Tom Misson, that's his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So why don't we just why don't we just like say hey let's take the cast from Sleepy Hollow and throw them into Kate and Leopold and let them fall where they may. I would take I would do that I would that would work for me. Yeah, I think that's what we just do. And actually, that would make it a lot better because then we would have well, there's still the weird implications of racial tension and misogyny. But that would also be that would be better because the main character would be like, hey, there's no if you love me, you're not making me go back there. <laughs> you're not making me go to the late 1800s. <laughs> I'm not, I cannot go back there. I you cannot go back me. there. Fuck elevators. It's like everyone's... <laughs> I can take the stairs. It'll be fine. <laughs> we only live on the fifth floor. Oh, my God. Clearly, I'm fine with stairs. I go on to fire escapes barefoot. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then the movie would end with, like, a hot dude in the future, and they just had to, like, get, like fake social security number and stuff for him yeah we'll just pull we'll just pull like a benjamin kyle and say he's got amnesia we just throw stewart into the river and we take his social security number and stuff boom <laughs> there bam bye stewart <laughs> it's so good i love identity theft yeah. we just made this movie better yeah that's how you can improve okay uh i don't know if you're out there listening whoever directed kate and leopold but your movie Do needed, better. your movie needed more identity theft do better <laughs> Okay, well, I think that about wraps it up for Kate and Leopold. Yeah, I think it does. I don't think there's a lot more that we can say about Kate and Leopold. Besides the fact that <laughs> I did really enjoy that apparently since she's so unfeminine, like her one like nice dress she has when they, she goes on that uh, dinner date on the roof with uh, with Leopold, she pulls it out of her uh, out of her closet and it still has a price tag on it. <laughs> yeah, because she's not actually a woman, just a man who understands women. Anyway, if you enjoy our show or if you want to reach out to us you can always find us on facebook at guess what you're gonna hate on twitter at hate podcast you can feel free to give us suggestions complain about the show review the show anything you want we love you and we promise not to steal your identity that's not a promise i'm not i'm not making that promise <laughs> well at least i do so you know who to blame if your identity gets stolen actually don't um, this is not an admission of guilt. It's a podcast. Please send me all identifying information, including including your first pet's name, the street you grew up on, your social security number, and any bank information you feel comfortable sharing with me. <laughs> okay, well, um, we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>